For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Join Bishop Edward Butchie as he brings you the engrafted word of truth, which is able to save you, transform you, and guide you to become a stronger Christian with a deeper relationship with the Lord. This teaching is anointed, down to earth, and full of practical wisdom for your Christian life. Bishop Edward Butry is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills and a seasoned minister of the Word. He currently pastors the Poimen Church in the Gambia. Join Bishop Edward Butry for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. opportunity to gather before you. We ask that you have your way. We ask that you fill this place with your presence and with your power. Lord, let every purpose be established tonight in our lives. Let every counsel be established as well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, everybody. And those of you at the back, you can move forward. I don't know why. Kathy, move forward. Sam, move forward. Lorena, why do you like corner like that? Eh? You are going to sneak out, so you want to sit somewhere. You want air? Hey. All right. Let me touch you. Come closer so that I also can get air. Oh. All right. Take an offering. To say thank you. How many of you are grateful to God for today? Every day I'm grateful because every day something bad can happen. Yeah. Sometimes disaster takes just seconds. Bad news can come within a split of a second. So Anytime I move around, driving up and down, crossing roads, I mean, eating, nothing happening. Somebody eats, three people went to restaurant, they ate the same food. One person came back, food poison, is gone. Yeah. So, sometimes when we say, thank God, some of you don't have a reason to. It's as if somebody says I should thank him, but I, yeah. So, take out an offering to say thank you. He has done great things. He's a good God, I tell you. He has done great things. Lift up your offering. Father, let your name be praised this evening in the midst of your children. Have your way, Lord. Let what we are offering open doors. Doors of blessing, doors of favor. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the offering bags can go around, and then I want to preach and close in 30 minutes. When I say it, then I don't keep it. So today I'm praying that God will help me. Yeah. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 10. First Timothy 1 10. This evening, I'm going to preach about responding to the mercy of God. Let's go to verse 9. 
at least to help us or even eat or something. Reverse. Okay, verse 9 is this. It's cool. Bible reading, so everybody pay attention. Knowing this, what do you know? That the law is not made for a righteous man. Do you know that? Thou shalt not steal. You are not a thief. So who is God talking to? If you are a thief, God is talking to you. Don't steal. Thou shalt not kill. Have you, are you a murderer? So when you hear it, it passes by your ears. Some people are killers. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Are you into adultery? So it doesn't apply to you. Is that not so? Thou shalt not fornicate. Are you a fornicator? You are not married. You, are, you have a woman that you are uh, eating morning, afternoon, evening. Yeah. Yeah. You are eating her small, small. Have mercy, Lord. So knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. You see, that is why many of us, we should be very careful. You should never be described as a disobedient person. And don't be comfortable walking in disobedience. You know, disobedience is just hearing what you have to do, what God wants, but deciding that I won't do it. And there are many people in the church who are disobedient and lawless. Because you see, the law is not only the Ten Commandments that we read. The law and the prophets. There are many things in the Bible that God doesn't like. And there are many things that he likes. And he wants us to do what he likes. It's just like, you see, life is said that, come to think of it. You can be in a home with your parents. And they will say, when you close from school, don't watch TV. And they are not in the house. After school, uh, do your homework or do revision. Eh? Don't watch TV. The TV is there. If you don't watch it, will you die? But it's like children, eh? when you say, the fact that you say they shouldn't watch, that's when they watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are inquisitive. So sometimes when you are told not to do something, that's what you want to do first. Meanwhile, what you have to do, you haven't finished. Many of us who are who were growing up as young children, if you follow what you are told to do at home, you realize that look, you don't have time to go and watch TV. Yeah. If you are a woman, you come from work. You have children, they have to eat. Your husband is also waiting for you. The first thing you will do is not to put on TV to watch TV. You don't have time to watch TV. So, oftentimes, we don't occupy ourselves with what God wants us to do. And we find ourselves doing what he doesn't want us to do. That's lawlessness. So, know this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. If you are a righteous man, that's why Jesus said, grace and truth came through him. As for the Lord, it came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus.
but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane. That's the people the law was made for. For murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers and for manslayers. Hmm. Verse 10. Verse 10. Why do you jump? For whoremongers. For them that defile themselves with mankind. For men stealers. Are you a man stealer? For liars. So, you see, you are not an adulterer. Well, you have been married for you to have vows. You are not a fornicator because maybe you've never had sex or you are not having sex since you became a Christian and you are not married. But some people are having sex with their fornicators and they are not married. And there are people who are also married and they are having sex with other people apart from their wives or husbands. They are also adulterers. So, you see, there's a list. Some of them you can remove yourself, but some of them you are inside. As for lies, dear, anybody who says he doesn't lie, he himself is a liar. I'm telling you. <laughs> if you say, I don't lie, you are a liar. Yeah, you are lying to say that you don't lie. Yeah, it's impossible. You see, and remember something. The Bible says that when you offend in one, you offend in all. So, if even you find one, that applies to you. All the rest, you are inside. So we are under the law by our sinful nature. Even though the law was not made for the righteous. Because of our sin, we are under the law and you'll be judged. Because when you're not under the law, nobody will judge you. If, you, if somebody takes you to court and go and stand before the judge and says that, judge, this man I don't like him. I've seen him walking around and I just hate him. So I want you to sentence him. The judge will have no basis because there's no law that says that. Just sentence somebody because you don't like him. But if you are caught stealing and you appear, there is a basis to apply the law. So when you don't live in sinful nature and do things, that make you lawless. You have escaped a certain punishment and wrath. But you see, you can see that you are not there yet. For perjured persons, people who lie about things, yeah, or you saw something, instead of you saying it, you say you didn't see it. It's called perjury. Yeah. And people go to jail for perjury. Somebody has done something. And the thing is unlawful. And you witness it. When they ask you, you say, I didn't see it. I don't know anything about it. Abetment to crime. You have lied before a law enforcement officer. So when police people are doing investigation, somebody came to steal, uh, your friend has gone to steal, and, and you know he has stolen all. And they come and ask, I've not even seen him. I, I was not even around. Then they go back, uh, then they do the investigation, they realize that he actually left your room yeah. and went out and went to steal the thing and left. Perjury. You are going to, yeah, you are going to jail. 
And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, and there are many things that we, all of us fall short of. That's why the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So don't be proud. When somebody does something that you don't do, don't think that a person is bad, you are good. Yeah. Verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. This is Paul. Owning the gospel. In verse 12. Look at this one. He says, and I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now, what is Paul saying? You see, he's giving a list of things that make us come under the law and susceptible to punishment. When you are under the law, all of us in, in Gambia, there's nobody who's above the law. Do you get what I'm saying? You are under the law. When, when you do something wrong, you can be sent to court. You will face the law. Yeah. Because we like doing wrong things. And Paul is putting himself in that category, you see. But he's saying, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. It's like in spite of all these things. Because Paul was a murderer. Yeah, he was a manslayer. They, they were killing Stephen, stoning him to death, and he was standing there witnessing. Yeah. Yeah. He was a witness to a crime. He didn't go and report the crime. He just moved on. Didn't care. But he's saying that he's grateful to Jesus who strengthened him or enabled him or made it possible for him by counting him faithful. What did, what did Paul do for Christ to count him faithful? Somebody who is a murderer was killing and chasing Christians. He's saying, he counted me faithful by putting me in the ministry. Who was? Now he's listing his things. He's directing the thing to himself. Because when he says all those things, you may think that he's not part of it, but he was inside, but now he's coming home. I said, I have been found faithful, even though before I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, I was wicked, hurting people, lashing Christians, whipping them, chasing them out of their homes. Yeah. Making them even leave Jerusalem to go to foreign countries because of Paul or Saul. But I obtained mercy. Now, this is what I want you to notice. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Paul says that 
regardless of what you know me to be and what you've heard about me, I have obtained mercy. It means that there is nothing you can say about me that will make God angry. If you go and report me to God, he will laugh at you. Because mercy wipes away everything that you have done wrongly. I mean, this is Paul, but I don't know about you. How do you see yourself when it comes to your walk with God? How do you place value on what God has done for you? Or it is only Paul who has been forgiven. As for you, you have not been forgiven. As for you, you have not been forgiven. Verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. He found something that he didn't know he needed in Christ. Faith and love. He thought he had faith, but he was an unbeliever. And when mercy found him, he realized what he had discovered. You see, some of us, some, many times, we don't sit down to look, to think about what it means to be saved. When you are sitting in a church, it is not because your father says you are a Christian or he's a Christian, so you're also a Christian. You have gone for first communion. That's all. If that is what your mind is, you, you won't respect God. That's why many people don't respect God and they don't respond to the mercy of God. Because, you see, the real blessing in our lives is that there are many things that are supposed to condemn us. And that for the wages of sin is death. So what awaits us is death, separation from God. Yeah. That's what awaits the natural man. Irrespective of the pleasures that you have on earth. And many people walk and, and are in a certain state of mind where they take things for granted. So there is no regard for God. But you should be different. And when you sit down, ask yourself, what does it mean to have God in your life? And to have his son, Jesus Christ, bringing you salvation and redeeming you from every sin that is supposed to put you in jail. You know, anybody who has gone to prison, when they come back, eh, something changes in their mind. I'm telling you. It's, a, it's not a place you should go. It's not a place you should go. And wise, so those who are wise, when they come out, whatever they did for them to go there, they won't do it again. But some people are foolish. They will do it and go again. I remember some guy who, who, who used to play football with many years ago. He went to steal somebody's things and they sentenced him to 18 months imprisonment. And, and he was a first offender. So the judge said that because he's a, f he's a first time offender, and I think he was, at that time he was around 22 or something. 
So he reduced the sentence to nine months. So after six months, he came out. When he came out, within two weeks, he was back. <laughs> he jumped he jumped a wall in the same neighborhood and went into somebody's yard and stole a sheep. And unfortunately for him, his shirt, the, the, the wall had this uh, louver blades that were used as a barbed wire. So the, the shirt got stuck there. And because the wall was high, he, when he jumped inside and took the sheep, he went out and left the shirt. <laughs> so the shirt was the evidence. And his footprint, fingerprint were on the wall. So they caught him cry. When he went back, the, the judge said, you have come again. This time, a repeated offense means that you are deliberately deciding not to learn your lessons. So this time, you are going for six years. Yeah. Some people don't learn their lessons. That's why sometimes you see a girl who becomes pregnant when she shouldn't be pregnant. And you think that she has learned this lesson. Before you see, after less than nine months, another one is coming. And by the time she's 23 years, she has three children. I've seen some before. I met an 18-year-old girl who has three children. The third one, when she, when she gave birth to the third child, she brought the child to church and, and told the uh, safety teachers, oh, look after, I want to go to the washroom and come. And then she left the child. But she had forgotten that we had cameras. So we went to look for the camera to see who brought this girl. Then we saw her. She abandoned the child. Completely because she couldn't handle the child. 18 years, three children. Three different fathers. You see, some people don't learn. Because you don't sit down and value what God has done for you. If you have ever been forgiven for something. And Paul gives us a typical example of somebody who is grateful and responded to the mercy of God in so high a measure. That's why he, he opened his mouth and said, I've labored. Let me show you that scripture. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 8. Let's read from verse 8. Okay. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one of born of you. Okay. Let's go to verse 9. When you go, go and read First Corinthians 15, it's very nice. The whole scripture is a very long scripture. It says, For I am the least of the apostles that I'm not meet to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church. Of God. You see, the disciples or the apostles that we know, they were sitting somewhere minding their business and Jesus called all of them. And after working with Jesus for three years after his death, they were great people. 
respected, having walked with Jesus, having had encounters, they had things to share, they had received an anointing, and they were moving around. So Paul did not compare himself to them at the level which they were, given the fact that he was rather persecuting them in the church. When they were preaching the gospel, he was persecuting them. So he placed himself low. Verse 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, and his grace which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet, not I. I have not finished. Where are you overspeeding to? Yet, not I. But the grace of God, which was with me. Now, you see, just look at what he's saying. I'm not like Peter. I can't compare myself to them. What I did to the church doesn't qualify me to compare myself to them. But God's grace found me. His mercy found me. And I was able to labor than all of them. Because of the grace. You see, and it is because he respected the salvation and the, and, and, and the deliverance and the mercy of God. Far more than even all the apostles. Yeah, that's what it means. Because he knew who he was. You see, many of us don't sit down and reflect. Yeah. I, mean, I don't take it for granted that I had many friends. But I was the only person God chose and saved out of all these friends. You sometimes when you come into a church, there are people that you can be drawn to. You look at their lifestyle. This guy is, oh, this guy is a correct Christian. This guy likes praying. This guy likes worshiping. This guy likes things. So it's nice, you see. But you have to be careful. Apart from admiring somebody's nice Christian uh, character, you have to also look at the works. The works of the person is a testimony of the person's understanding of salvation. Well, many of us don't understand what it means to be saved. Being saved is not brought to church. Get a husband. Get a, 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 a wife. Get children. Get money. Get businesses. Buy nice clothes. Uh, travel. Do celebration parties. And what? Yeah. Recently, a certain brother said to me, this year will be 20 years of my marriage. And I'm believing God. It will be grand. He's going to celebrate it proper, proper. Yeah. The thing is in November, he has started. Yeah. 20 years celebration. We have goals. We have goals. You see, do you know what it means to celebrate 20 years of marriage? He's going to rent a place and pay so much money just for the place. He's going to order food and drinks. He's going to buy clothes. Do you understand? 
I mean, it's all money. Now, if you tell such a person that maybe you are going to spend $10,000 doing your celebration, I want you to give $5,000 to God. If be there, you go see. Yeah, you understand whether the person is a believer or an unbeliever. What it is is that we, we don't live for Christ. We say we belong, but we don't live for him. You can be in a house, but you don't live for anybody. You don't do anything for your mother. Even yourself, you don't do anything for yourself. Yeah. And Paul's testimony should be the testimony of everybody. How to respond to the mercy of God. Number one, commit yourself to works. Paul said, I have labored more abundantly than they all. Now, that's a testimony. Many people cannot give. Can you even just, I'm not talking about the disciples or any apostle. Just mention somebody in the church and say, me, I work more than this person in terms of, in terms of doing something for God in, in your church. Yeah. Just choose anybody and say, I, I work more than this person. Is there somebody? You, you, some of you can't do it. Because you see, when you don't respond to the mercy of God, you have no works. Yeah. Mm, you have no works. You are not motivated to do anything. When you have money, you think about yourself. When you don't have money, you think about yourself. When you are happy, you are celebrating. When you are unhappy, you are quiet in your corner. So it's like, as for you, everything is about you. Yeah. I labored more abundantly than they all. And he was not bragging. There was evidence. There was evidence. It is Paul who went into Asia Minor and spread the gospel in Corinth, in Philippi, in Ephesus, in Galatia. All these people, all these places, the apostles didn't go there. They couldn't go. They were into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Utmost parts was not part of their calling. It was later that some of them found themselves in other places, like Thomas went to Kenai in India. Works. It's just like, you know, there are some people when you, they, they would come and tell you it's difficult to eat. I mean, surviving is not easy. I can't pay bills. I can't do this. I can't do this. My children, this is it. So the only solution is get a job. When you get a job, work. And sometimes when you give such people a job, you will see attitude and character. Yeah. And you see that the person you are trying to help doesn't need help. He won't go on time. And he would like to live on time. He would give funny and flimsy excuses to stay away. And the work he must even do when he's there, he doesn't do it well. So it means the person doesn't understand what has been done to him or her. We are not grateful. We are not grateful. How do you respond very well to the mercy of God. I've given you point number one. You must have works. 
number two. You must be grateful. You know, when there is a sentence on your head, everybody here, you see the scriptures that we read, you realize that all the sins that Paul listed, look, everybody, you can find yourself somewhere. So it means that you are subject to punishment and condemnation. But it is the mercy of God that found Paul and found him faithful even in his sins. It's like, because Paul had nothing to his name for God to find him faithful. You see, so his testimony was that even though I was injurious and I was a persecutor and blasphemous, God, God saw in me faithfulness I didn't even know. And he responded to God by being actually faithful. That's gratitude. Because sometimes, you see, everybody is given an opportunity, not because you've proven yourself, but the opportunity is to help you prove yourself. But many of you, when you are given the opportunity, you fail because of pride. Even, is it not funny that you, 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 you get somebody a job and the person doesn't even come to work regularly? And then when you are asking the person, the person's response is almost like, this job is even a bother. Uh, uh, you must be grateful that I've even been coming. But now I should have stopped. Yeah. There are some responses when you see, you see ingratitude and it's a lack of understanding. And when you encounter such people, eh, they never do well. Because the scripture cannot be broken. It says, he that is faithful in another man's when you don't learn how to be faithful with somebody's work, I'm telling you, you can't do your own work. That's why you see people say, I want to start my own business. <laughs> you want to start your own business. Somebody's business you are stealing. You are taking time off. You are mis applying and misusing time. You are lying and deceiving the person all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Learn to be grateful. Go back to um, First Timothy. First Timothy, sorry. Timothy chapter 1. Verse 11. No, 10. 10, sorry, 10. For whole man gets... 11, 12. 12. I thank God, that one. Aha. Uh -huh. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me. It's like the mind that, hey, what, who I am today and what I am doing and the spirit that I have, it is from Christ. I don't know how it came. Because what he woke up throughout his life to do was to hate the Christians and persecute them and kill them and hate them. He was capturing them and he was happy. But now he realizes that there is something that is in him that has enabled him to love and to serve God. And he's grateful. You see, when somebody is grateful, they don't work for money. I've seen people sometimes, you know, when you give them little, little jobs, I tell them, it's when, you, when we give you this little, little job, don't charge. Because we have the opportunity to give you something that you can live on for the rest of your life. When you only think about money, you have come to do a job for uh, 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 three hours, then you give a bill. 
So when they give you a job for one week, we, we will run away. Yeah. One day, I mean, I was looking for somebody to do some work. And, and they brought some guy. I said, <laughs> give me your material cost. First, give me material cost. The guy went and brought a bill. When I look at the bill, I said, I don't see material. <laughs> he, was, he brought me labor. Labor. The work that you are going to do, the quantities, the, 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 the things that you are going to use is my priority to provide them. So I am saying that bring me the quantities bill, the things that you need. You have assessed the work. You need this, you need this, you need this. Give me the bill. For start. Then he brought a bill. But it was for his labor. I said, brother, that's not how we work. You see, when you do that, you don't understand how to value relationships and how to benefit from people who give you opportunity. Because you see, you make it clear. No, you make it clear that as for me, my money, no be. I know they joke with my money. But you see, the person who is giving you work, he's also not joking with his work. That's why he's called you. So I said, do the quantities. Then he brought the quantities later. Now, when he brought the quantities, his, his labor bill was 80% of the quantities. So if, if let's say, he, he needs 10,000 to buy material, he's charging me 8,000. You see? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I told him that, brother, me and you will have problems. Because I realize that you don't understand. You may know the work. I, I, I don't have any argument with that. But you see, this attitude will not take you far. If you put money above what you have to do. You won't go. So that was, and he tried to come back. I will do it. I said, let's not talk again. That's not because when you see when you see such people, eh, they say greedy for filthy looker. Yeah. You see, people who prosper, eh, let me tell you all something. Many people who do well, if you are a mason, you are a uh, dressmaker, you are a teacher, you are whatever, when you add value to your work, people reward you for your value. But when you make money, it's like no, no, don't take it for granted. It's like we all know that you work for money. You have to be paid. But you see, when you give that first impression about yourself, that's for me, I don't joke with my charges. You know, my money is not, I mean, I don't joke with my money. So you make it like that's the first thing that you want to register. No, you don't understand it. Yeah. We had a pastor. There are times. He was my he was a pastor under me. There are times, look, it wasn't easy. He can bring his car to church. As he's as he's, he he puts off the engine, there's no petrol in the car. Do you understand? He can't start the car. The petrol is finished, like God brought him <laughs> to the church with fuel, mysterious. 
And the moment he puts up the engine, that's it. When he starts it after service, it won't respond. Unless they go and buy fuel in a gallon and come and put it inside. Yeah. When I started my business, I used to tell Charlie, pass by, then I'll give him some. He's happy. Yeah. Then he doesn't build or he's not to. A senior bishop was doing his project. And then he said he wants somebody to supervise the work. Then he said, I said, Charlie, this thing you can do it. He said, let me go and see it and do it. So he had some guys in his area, some mason. Then he gathered the mason and took him. I told him that, look, don't charge anything. Let the boys understand that. You, you are not charging labor for the work. The only thing that you, you, you charge is their transport and something small. But this work, and the guy, you see, he doesn't have money. It's like, this is the first opportunity to get some job and get, you know. But, you see, for some reason, he had faith. He said, we'll do a wound charge. So the bishop was even surprised. Ah, but you are building a house for me. Because the bishop was building a house to dash somebody. So, he gathered these boys and did the work. They only paid for material cost. Then as the bishop asked, ah, so your people, I did not charge in. He said, well, I'm sorting it out. I'm sorting it out was not a simple... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But one day, one of the guys, he was in church. I said, You people, you don't you don't you don't understand what your pastor is doing. Just flow. It's a it's a door. He did the work nice. Then the our, our Bible school. The people who are there, they give them money, they won't do the work. They excuse and things. So Sometimes they will sack them. So some people have been sacked. And they needed to cut, I think, 10,000 blocks. Yeah. 10,000 blocks on the site. So the bishop said, Charlie, but this, if you have done this, then blocks, you can go and cut it too. So go there, go and see this person and say that I sent you to come and uh, uh, cut some of the blocks so that they should give you. So when he went, they gave him 2,000 blocks to cut. He took his boys. He said, hey, the same boys. They went to sleep there. Within, I think, four days or one, five days, they have finished the 2,000 blocks. They were working with speed. Now, when they finished the blocks, they said, look, there was a wall they had to build. You see the uh, Bible school is very big. So they were building some walls, and sometimes they buy more land. So they have to break some of the walls and then extend. extend. There's always work. Even up to today, people are still working there. <laughs> so they said, can't you do a, a wall? Oh, we can do it. Look. They started the walls. Then the, when you go to the... Uh, uh, Great Hall, when you are entering the Great Hall, there's a huge car park. The whole place is stones. So we are doing stones. Can't you do stones? <laughs> he didn't know how to do stones. He had to learn. Then the Great Hall itself, the walls, 
the, some of the pillars have stones in them. Delicate work. When the prophet said, but you, he was around when Bishop was around. Then he was walking and I said, ah, but you, this stone work that, the guy who is doing it, he has delayed though. Can't you do the stone work? Then it's, it's like, anything they say he should do, if he doesn't know, he, he won't say, I, I, do, I, will, I will do it. Yeah. I mean, look, within a few years, eh, he has prospered. The work load to the center now, he builds for other churches, and the church builds a lot of projects that, if you are not careful, you even have time to come to church. And that's how it is. He bought a nice car, bought BMW for his wife. But oh, I'm telling you, we did it, yeah. Because he, he valued, you see, some, you see, I'm trying to let you understand that. You see, God, eh, he doesn't relate. When you, when you come to God, it's like you are too hungry for this. Many people have that spirit. I need this, so you, you put pressure. It's when you're working for somebody and you put pressure for money. You are not, the, the person will not enjoy you. Yeah. I, mean, I don't enjoy people like that. too. Because such people, when you also put pressure on them to deliver, they resist you. Yeah. When you are doing something for me, uh, there's always something I say. I say, you... Your money is important to you. No problem. Me too is the work. So if you think you need money and you give me pressure, me too, I'll give you pressure to do the work. If you understand it, let's work. Yeah. We have to have that mindset of works, gratitude, when it comes to God. You do nothing. You are just walking around. And, and you are asking for things. You become like a beggar. See, there are many Christians who do nothing for God. And you are praying for hours. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me this. Meanwhile, there is a lot of work he wants us to do. And when you start doing them, you won't ask for anything. He's a provider. He takes care of your needs. Spiritually, emotionally, physically. Whatever you need. He makes you complete and perfects everything concerning your life. But is this something you, you know and believe? We should respect the mercy and respond to it with find something to do from day one. When I entered the church, I started doing something. Yeah. And it has been a blessing. And I, I, I am grateful. I am always grateful for being saved. I don't take it for granted. Yeah. How to respond to the mercy of God. Number one, works. Number two, gratefulness. Number three, be ministry minded. I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful. What did he do? He put me into the ministry. And some of you, when we, when we want you to do something, you, you eject yourself. Yeah. One day somebody asked Kirk Franklin why he doesn't sing in his church. But he's a valet, he's, a, he's an usher. They, they are outside, they park cars. Yeah, that's the work he does in his church. His church has a choir. He doesn't do praise and worship in his church. <laughs> Or you thought that he was a praise and worship leader? No. He himself said, he said, no. He was an usher in his church. 
It's like, why? You are a well-known gospel musician. This, that, this, that. No. It's like, I found my place. And doing this thing, God has opened the world up to me. Why am I? I'm not troubled. He's doing it happily. He's found something he's doing. And God has given him something bigger. It is a mind to serve. There's a boxer who beat Mike Tyson some time ago, Ivan Da Holyfield. He's also a, a good Christian. He's also in a church. He's an usher. And he, he takes pride in the fact that of all the monies and, and things that he has been exposed to, he says the only thing that gives him joy is coming to the house of God to serve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have the kind of millions of dollars that he, he has, some of you, you won't be in church. Because there are people who have less and they are not, they can't, they can't humble themselves to be in church. Yeah. You see, you can be in church, but your mind is not on ministry. You, it means you don't want to serve. What is ministry? Serving God. That, that's why some of you, you are in your house. Even your room, you can't clean. When somebody comes and you give the person a glass, when they lift their glass up, the smell, they have to block their nose to swallow the water. Because yeah. it will look as if you've put onions in the water. The whole glass, you don't even know how to keep things. Yeah. Yeah. You are in the house, but you don't do anything. All you know is to dress, paint your face. Stand in front of your door and take selfies and upload them. As you are walking and the place is dead, you don't even see because your nose is in the sky. There are many Christians here who are not ministry minded. Yeah. Your mind is not on any form of service when it comes to God. And that's why it is the mind of Paul. That's why he said, I have labored than all of them. Labored. I mean, for somebody to say that I've done more than Peter, I've done more than Matthew, more than James, more than Philip, and these are wild guys. I've, had, I've gone to places, and it's true, I've gone to places they have never been. The whole of Turkey, he took over the whole of Turkey, uh, uh, Cyprus, Greece, all these places. Malta. Yeah. He labored. If you sit in the church, what is in your heart? That's why you see some people, he's playing drums. When he feels like coming, he comes. He's playing keyboard. When he feels like coming, he comes. And I'm telling you something. Watch people who don't respect God, watch their lives. Yeah. Because you see, even normal human beings, if somebody gives you a job to do, you don't respect it, you do it anyhow. What happens is that he take, you are out of the system. And if there's any benefit that must come to you, you don't get it. One day, one of our pastors went to visit his sheep. Then he said, I've not seen you for some time. He said, I've not been well. 
You've not been well. What's, what's wrong? Why don't you call? Why don't you say anything? So what's happening? He said, oh, the work that he got, the work is too difficult. So it was giving him health problems. 27-year-old man who has not worked. And somebody got you a job. Eh? He said the work is too tedious. Do you know the work that he was giving? <laughs> a, 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 a wholesale pharmaceutical company, they do uh, supplies to retailers. So he, he has a driver on a van and they do the supplies. And the car is air conditioned. Yeah. He's only taking records. <laughs> Somebody is driving you. <laughs> so sometimes you, you can't imagine how some people think. Then you see that such a person, eh, he is back to square one. As, so the pastor said, when he said it, he was trying to wonder whether, ah, is it that they use you as a mechanic? Or, <laughs> I mean, because, ah, I mean, hey. You have a, a, a Mercedes van. Eh? Uh, how do you call the Sprinter? Yeah. Nice car. The cargo one. With AC. Driver. Then you go around to do uh, supplies. Just take records and things. Oh, nice job. Oh. And, and when you close, sometimes the driver will drop you at your home before he goes to park the car. Eh, the, work, the work is... It's, it's too tedious. It has been giving me health problems. I mean, is it the AC that gives you health problems? Or the writing that makes... Somebody says, if I write plenty, I feel dizzy. <laughs> hey! I'm telling you, this one there is from within. No? And he didn't even have money as he has stopped the work. He didn't have money to be coming to church. Yeah. He didn't have money to come. And he has stopped the work. <laughs> yeah. You see, that's why, you know, you see, you see how funny and odd it looks. You see, that's how some of you are with God. It's like, I have never taken any opportunity that I've been given in church for granted. Do this. I'll do it. Even if I don't know how to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Because God enables you. Paul's testimony. He enabled me. How can somebody who is blasphemous and injurious and a persecutor of the church now be the one who defends the church? It is an enablement that something has been put in you. When you, when you respond to God, he puts something in you that you don't even know. You just have to believe and you'll be surprised that you can do things that are, are mighty. That's why this pastor now, he's prosperous. He's a builder. Many works. Sometimes, I remember last year or something when I went to Ghana, he was outside Doing works, projects. Yeah. Yeah. He was traveling, doing works. Yeah. Man, that's same way. Some people have it too and they leave. They collect money, they won't do the work and they leave. Because that's how it is. Many people take things for granted. They take the work of God for granted. They take uh, uh, service for granted. It's like there are some people when you ask them to do something, they won't do it. Or even if they are doing it, they won't do it well. Yeah. So, that's all for tonight. 
It's a short one. Here is it. Respond to the mercy of God. How do you respond? Works. Works. As a team. Delight. Always challenge yourself. You see, employees who are valuable are people who do things that are relevant. Sometimes, you see, when you have a schedule at work, some of them make you idle. You can find other things that can engage you. And you will see that before you realize, your boss cannot do away with you. And that's how promotion comes to. Yeah. Even God, before you are promoted, it means you have, you, you have favor. Promotion is not a blind lifting up of somebody. No, God doesn't promote idiots. Bible says that sh- uh, uh, shame is the promotion of fools. So everybody is promoted, but what kind of promotion do you have? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Works. Gratitude. Be grateful. And be ministry minded. Yeah. You see, when, 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 when you are a wife and you are grateful for the marriage you have, you respect your husband. One day, a certain woman told the, 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 the husband, Do you know the type of men and how many people who were proposing to me that I, I didn't accept? And you are coming to worry me. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, if you think that your husband is a mistake and that you rather denied wise people the opportunity and gave him an opportunity. <laughs> hey. yeah. that, that's how some people speak. Yeah. And so that's why you go into the problem, you see that that person, because of the way they think, the things they do eh, is well, I, I remember many years ago I told a certain brother, hey I, I respect you for the type of wife that you have been able to live with because some of us, we couldn't do that Yeah, complete madness <laughs> you are living with a mad woman, oh yeah very proud doesn't do anything. When you come, you won't, she won't come out to see you. Oh, yeah. Won't talk. Yeah. Won't cook. Yeah. Yeah. Won't wake up in the morning. You wake up and, t- and get the children ready and go to school and she's in the bed. Oh, yeah. It's real. Do you understand? Real human being in the marriage. And all the money and all the things that come into the house, they come from the man. Yet she doesn't respect him. The car she's driving is the man who bought it for her. One day she told the man, you think you, you, think you have prospered. This second hand car that you have been parking in the house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you are driving a car. Uh-huh. 
Remember her sister? Her birthday, they bought her a Highlander. Tear Robert Highlander. When she came out, she got angry. Why do you have to buy a Highlander? You, you, want, you want to impress me with this car. She didn't, you see, you don't. Oh, she, oh, she, she rubbish the car. Yeah. You are even lucky that your husband has bought a, a Highlander for you. Some people have been in marriage for years. Bicycle, bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One sister told the husband, This year you have to take us to Disney. Four children. Do you know Disney? <laughs> Go and Google their costs. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Yeah. Because he didn't take her to Disney. You see, it is there's nothing wrong to have dreams and expectations. But everything you have to work for it. And it is only when you show gratitude to little things that you tend to have your dreams fulfilled. When you are in a marriage and you start behaving this way, if your husband becomes prosperous, he will not give you privileges yeah. if, if he's wise. It's only a fool who thinks that they have to please this. You bought a, a, a Highlander for your wife. She says she doesn't like She wants a Range Rover. Then you take the car back. Then you go and bring Range Rover. No, there's water in your head. Hydrocephalus. No man will do that. You won't, you won't get any car again. You won't get any car again. Yeah. You won't get any car again. Yeah. That, that's how you, you, you have to respect God. So, you see, sometimes the things that God gives you, eh, it may not be like, wow, but still appreciate it. That's the beginning. No? He, he, he took Israel through the wilderness just to test what was in their heart because what he, he was giving them cities that they didn't build, lands, fortified cities. Jericho, they surrounded the city and brought down the walls and invaded. Yeah. All the places that they, they entered when Joshua became their leader. They were built cities that God gave them. But he took them through wilderness. That's right. So that those who didn't qualify would die before they could. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes, don't be somebody who is like, what has to come to you? You don't appreciate it. Well, you, everybody wants nice and big things, but be faithful. Be faithful. There's a rich man, he was telling a story sometime. He said, his first shoe that he bought was slippers, bathroom slippers. <laughs> That's the shoe. It's like, you see, as he was going to school, he said there was some uh, uh, market they, they, they go and gather boxes from places and they come and sell it to the market women. You know, then they give them small money. 
And when he got, because he has been walking at the age of 12, he, has, he doesn't wear shoes. He has been walking barefooted. So when he got that money, the first shoe he bought was bathroom slippers. Yeah. And he was happy to wear slippers. Today, he can buy a bed, bed to sleep on, $80,000. Yeah. 80,000. The bed that he sleeps on. I don't know whether he won't die on the bed, but I can't imagine $80,000 for a bed. But he has bought it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like he has been grateful. Yeah. He said, he said, when he moved to the city, they go to places, restaurants. And sometimes when they, they, they have takeaway packs that they've thrown into the rubbish, they go and open it and eat chicken, maybe half chicken or something. Yeah, I'm telling you. Sometimes they will go to the uh, people in the kitchen, so don't you have so people's leftovers, then they will gather it for them. When some people are taking it for dogs, they are taking it to go and eat. Today, he can have guests, and he takes them to a, a five-star hotel. Five-star hotel. When you sit down on the chair, there's a bill. When you put your hands on the table, <laughs> yeah. If you go and drink only water and you come out, you will see that you have bought one crate of minerals. Yeah, yeah, just one bottle of water. <laughs> and, and he takes his guests to such places without his frequent. He just calls and makes reservations, he calls and books ahead. You see, great things, eh, they start in simple terms. When we don't learn how to appreciate little, little opportunities, you want to be great, you don't want to serve. A president is a chief public servant. It means that it's like he's serving all of us. That's what makes him important. You who do you serve? Even your family don't know you. <laughs> so start from the church. That's why Paul is great, too. Where he went to and the people he touched and their lives. That's why he gave testimonies and wrote more things than Peter. Wrote more things than Matthew. Wrote more things than the apostles. Look at that. If you take the Bible, Moses, Paul, and then uh, David, these three people. About 70% of the Bible they wrote. Moses wrote some of the Psalms. Yeah. Some of the Psalms are attributed to Moses. Yeah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then Joshua took over. Yeah. Yeah. Volumes. Learn to appreciate little things. You see, God wants to make us great. And it starts with the mindset. When you appreciate what he has done for you, you respect it. You won't let anybody or anything come in between what God has done for you. It will always be a reminder. That's why you have to respect the church. The sanctity of the church. Preserve it. Have works. Find something to do. Yeah. Be grateful. And be ministry minded. Stand to your feet everybody. Thank you Jesus. (laughs) Lift your hands and thank him. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We give you glory. Oh, yes.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift your voice and thank him. Pray that you will respond to the mercy of God by your works, by being grateful, and by being ministry-minded. Commit your ways unto the Lord. Everything that he has promised, he will bring it to pass. You see, Paul, you will never read Paul even standing on any promise to serve God. It's just like, I've had an encounter. And I've realized that I was chasing after Jesus, the son of God, who came to die and shed his blood. And I didn't understand all these things. And I was fighting people. Now, I don't want to know. He said, for I determined to know nothing among you, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Like, that is, I don't want to know whether I'm, uh, God has promised me uh, uh, marriage. God has promised me what? Evil people. The, you see, one of the reasons why people kill uh, these uh, uh, suicide bombers, the motivation for killing people is a promise that awaits them when they die. A promise, the men, a promise of women. Yeah. When you die, you want to go and marry. Who told you that there is marriage in heaven? Jesus came from heaven and said, there is no marriage. No one is giving. There are no uh, 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 virgins. 70 virgins who lived on earth and they didn't have sex and they have gone to wait for you. No human beings. You won't have any erection to think of sex. No blood in your body. When you die, your blood is shed. When you resurrect, there's no blood in your body. So you don't have diseases. Many of the sicknesses are blood related. So the perfected body doesn't have. That's why they saw the hollow in the hands of Jesus. The nails that pierced him. They saw the hollow. There was no blood. When Thomas touched him, something happened. Then the women also are told that there are, <laughs> it's enough, I won't even see it. A shake. A woman asked, somebody asked, so the women who also do suicide bombing, when they die, what are ways and say, there are penises that are waiting for you in heaven. Which heaven? So you see, your mind, your mind is that you are doing evil to receive a promise. No. It can only be Satan. It can only be Satan. Let's be careful. Don't serve God. Because there is a promise. Serve God because you've had an encounter. You, you understand what has been done to you. Yeah, that's why I'm not afraid to give my life to Christ and to serve him. What he has done for me is more than leaving everything and coming here. He came from heaven. Yeah. He came from heaven. Yeah. When you understand some of these things, your sacrifices will be different and it means your life also becomes very different. God singles you out and lifts you up. I'm telling you, many of us we are earth minded and too conscious of this earth. What you get here is your motivation. That's why people don't give, they don't serve. Because hey, hey, I'm tired, I've, I've gone to work, I'm tired, I can't come. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Paul. He responded to the mercy of God and labored, worked. With all his life, 
Yeah. All his life. That's why he has words to his name. I fought a good fight. Yes. Be ministry minded. Think about this thing called ministry. Think about this thing called service to God. Yeah. You are chosen for special things. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you. Yes. We thank you. Lord, we bless you. We give you glory. Touch our lives. Touch our hearts. Minister your grace upon our souls, Lord. And cause our hearts and our minds to be tuned and renewed into loving you, into serving you, into making sacrifices worthy of the calling which you have called us, Lord. Deliver us from laziness and from foolhardiness. Take away the lack of understanding and appreciation for your mercy that has wiped us or wiped away every condemnation that stands against us. That is why the scripture says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that walk in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirits. And the children who walk after the spirit, they have works in the spirit. They have labors in the spirit. Their mind is not of the flesh, but it's of the spirit. And let this mind be in you. Don't let it go away. Be strong in the Lord. Father, we thank you and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Every eye closed. We believe you are blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow the Macarius Church, The Gambia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. God richly bless you.